0: to another episode of the 131 podcast today is episode 32 and before we get into it let's check in with acorn what's going on man
1: not too much man it's going to be a very uh information-filled episode after some good news we heard this week with hockey i'm very excited and let's get to it
0: yeah buddy it's just me and you today uh casey we miss you have you back on next week but let's check what's on tap for this week's episode Uh, we're going to talk about the proposed start date we're going to talk about the division alignment, some rumors going on with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Bobby Lou, he's back in the news. Uh, the NHL is considering selling ads on their helmets. Uh, some more signings, and then we'll get into world juniors and then finish it off with college hockey. So, yeah, Acorn, let's take it away with the uh, proposed start date. So
1: January 3rd is the proposed start date. I know... I, th- I believe a couple weeks ago, January 15th was the set date, but it seems now it's, it's all but certain that January 13th is going to be the start date of the NHL, which means I believe teams that were not in the playoffs going to start. I believe they can open up training camp on December 28th. Whereas teams that were in the Stanley like technically the Stanley cup that went to the bubble will start on January 1st. So I, it looks like we're going to have a 56 game season. Um, with this, we, uh, we, we're we looking at the division alignment. We're not going to say anything yet. But I believe some teams reap the benefits of a division alignment, whereas some teams got screwed. And I believe with a shortened season, we could see less, worse teams that would be in an 82-game schedule succeed in a 56.
0: Do you think there's a reason why they decided to go with 56 games for whatever reason and not just 41, like a half season? Uh, I think they want more money. Um, they want more games on TV, uh, and
1: that's my guess. Uh, I also think they want to get back to their normal schedule, where they end the season in June and ha- and go back to the traditional uh, traditional start of October.
0: That's true. I didn't honestly. I didn't even think about the the whole money aspect. But yeah, let's get into the division alignment. Uh, this is. Like you said, some teams got screwed and then some teams got a gift. So uh, we'll run down each division and then we'll just give our opinions on uh, who might be the champ. Is it one of the weaker divisions, tougher divisions? If there's any trophy winners in this division. So division one, Bruins, Sabres, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and the Capitals.
1: This is, uh, in my opinion, I know we. this is the first division we're talking about, but in my opinion, it's my belief that this is going to be the toughest division of the four. Uh, besides the Devils and Sabres, everyone else is extremely competitive. Um, so this is going to be a grind of a division for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I had that in my notes. This is probably arguably the toughest division that we're going to see. Um, honestly, I think the champion of this division is could be the philadelphia flyers i mean they were the hottest team coming down the stretch last season and for this division the bruins are going to be missing Pasternak and Martian in the beginning because of the injuries that they had so i'm yeah. interested to see uh where this goes i know you and i were talking about the flyers penguins capitals like that could easily be one two three right there
1: Yep. And then don't
0: discount too.
1: the Islanders could easily make a push the way they play, especially they're very good at playing that playoff style hockey. It might benefit them in a shortened season where almost every game matters. And that's kind of where they excel. Uh, I mean, the Rangers could give a push, but I think the true three are going to be the Flyers, the Flyers, Penguins, Capitals, and the Bru- the, the Bruins, I think missing Marchand and pasta for that first month. I mean, that's almost 10 to 15% of the season. And especially in a shortened season, it's going to be tough for them to get right back into gameplay. I don't think they're going to come right in and be a hundred percent. It's going to take a bit. So the Bruins could be lagging here. We still don't know about Chara if he's coming back. So there are some questions, especially for the Bruins.
0: Do you think Alexi Lafreniere can win the heart in this division?
1: The MVP of this division?
0: Sorry. I mean, the Calder, do you think he can win the Calder while being in this division?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I still think so. It just depends um, it, it's, it's a weird season. Um, There're still I mean that's uh, the Sororkin, the goalie for the Islanders say he takes a huge workload of the 56 game schedule and is amazing. He could take it so uh, I would I would put my money on Lafreniere, but don't discount uh, Sirorkin with the Islanders.
0: True. All right, let's hop over to division two. The Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Blackhawks, Panthers, Wild, Predators, and the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning got a goddamn gift in this fucking uh, division. Jesus Christ. This, is, uh, this isn't this is a very competitive division, in my opinion. I, don't, I hate saying that. I mean, they're all NHL teams, but the Lightning are far and beyond close or ahead of anyone in this division by any means.
0: Yeah, they they got a gift like this. This looks like a beer league division, but I mean, honestly, I think the Blackhawks got a gift to be honest. If this is one of the weak, if this is the weakest division, I think the Blackhawks got a gift because they're not in division three, which we'll talk about, but who would you say is the second best team behind the lightning in this division? Probably the blue jackets or the hurricanes. Yeah, huh?
1: that's that's good. Uh, I, I might have to agree with that one. Uh, I think I might go with the um, the Hurricanes. I don't know why. I just I have a feeling with them. I could see them having a really good season. I could see Aho hopefully Svechnikov's 100 percent coming in the season. I think that's an X factor because if they're missing him from his injury, he's a state of the bubble. That's a huge loss of the Hurricanes. That guy's amazing. And he's just he's still establishing himself as a, like a an up and coming superstar.
0: Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to the guys over at Clappercast Media. Um, we're in a little community on the Instagram page. Uh these guys posted something about the hurricanes and I commented on it and I was like, I think the hurricanes can be a really good team, but mrazic needs to be lights out and he needs mm-hmm. to avoid injuries. That goalie tandem is Peter Murazik and James Reimer. And we already saw what happened to Reimer in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he still got some scars from the original Bruins series,
0: him being a Toronto make believe. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh I just think that uh, like the Panthers are a toss up. The Wild The Wild could could the Wild be a little bit better
1: getting you know, they got they did acquire Bugs that they're getting Caprizov. There are some guys coming. We talked about this with uh, Alex Thomas last last episode. Um I don't, I, I don't, I mean, their decor is still very good. They could make a sneaky push as well. I might, honestly, you know what? I think I'm going to take the wild. It's the second best team.
0: Is What What would your lineup be for one, two, three, for me, it would probably be the lightning, the hurricanes, and then probably the wild
1: I'd go lightning, wild hurricanes. And then the blue jackets right behind the hurricanes. I think it'd be like a dog fight for that third spot.
0: Yeah. I, I mean still I it is the weakest division but there's still a lot of toss-ups here yeah. and especially like you said in a shortened season like anything's possible really.
1: Yeah. So I think I think we've covered division 2 let's move on to division 3.
0: Yeah, so division 3, Anaheim Ducks, the Coyotes, Avalanche, Stars, Kings, Sharks, Blues and the Golden Knights.
1: This is another tough division I'd say it I'd still take I don't know actually. I might say this is the toughest division now with the rise of the Knights, the Avalanche, the Blues are always good. Actually, no no no, and the Stars. Ah, oh, this is tough. I think I, I I don't know if I can make a decision, but this isn't an easy division either. This is going to be a dogfight as well.
0: Yeah, no way. This this is probably in my mind this is the toughest division. I have the Avalanche winning this division, man.
1: I could see that. I think they're going to need a mate. goaltending is going to need to be top top tier for them to be successful. Obviously, you know, they have a bunch of fire firepower up front. You have Kale McCarr in the back end. Um, you still have guys like Eric Johnson. You acquired De- Devin Tays, which solidifies the back end even more for the uh, the Avalanche. Uh, I mean, the Golden Knights still are going to be the Golden Knights. Uh, we'll get to them in a little bit after. Uh, we talk about this whole division, but don't don't discount them. And the Blues are the Blues. Um, solid team. Uh, and the Stars, man. Stars were, what, two games away from – three games away from winning the Cup?
0: Yeah. Do you think the uh, San Jose Sharks can bounce back this year? Uh, no. I think losing Joe Thornton,
1: too, is going to hurt them immensely in the, the sense of leadership for their team. Um, I don't think Devin Dubnik's the answer for them either, so I think this is going to be another bad season for the San Jose Sharks.
0: Yikes! And a team that literally four years ago they were in the Stanley Cup final, they've been in the Western Conference final. I don't don't even know how many times in the last decade. Yeah, and I don't think the
1: Coyotes are going to be very competitive. I think they're under serious cap restrictions, thankfully, to that, or not thankfully or yeah, thanks to the, the analytic nerd that was their GM the last few years. Um, I'd say about Coyotes need about four to six years of a rebuild to get back to being somewhat relevant again. I don't think the Ducks are going to be good either. I, I, I'm curious. Um, I hate saying this, but Ryan gets lost on the last year of his contract. Would someone acquire him at the deadline for some uh, veteran uh, leadership and some secondary scoring possibly?
0: Honestly, I would not be opposed to it because look at what Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski did for the Stars this season. Um, Quick side note, just kind of getting off track. If Logan Couture wins a cup, is he Hall of Fame material? Um, I think he's going to have to – if he won the cup,
1: say he won the cup. We're talking hypothetically this year somehow. He'd probably need about four to five more years of like elite level hockey to get in. The cup's great. The cup would be huge for his resume and he's already got a pretty good one, but I think he needs to play longer to
0: solidify that. Because in any given playoff, as far as I can remember, I obviously, I don't have his stats loaded up in front of me. I just, he is a playoff performer. Like, yep. He just like,
1: like Justin Williams.
0: Yeah. Like list of guys that I would like throw in his type of category are like Danny Breer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Williams. Um, yes, I'm just loading his stats. Even like Mike Richards, I would throw it like throw in yeah. there. Like, so right now, um, looking at um, Logan Couture stats: so 715
1: games played, 546 points, pretty good. When it comes to playoffs, 116 games played, 101 points. So that's even that's very high. Um, he had that 30 point season in the playoffs when they went to the cup final against Pittsburgh. And then in 2018, 2019, he had 20 points in 20 games when they uh, got eliminated by the Blues when they beat the shit out of them that series. But I'd say he needs to get to about, if he got a cup and maybe got to about 700 and not between 750 to 900 points, yeah, I think he would be a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I think a, a Con, even a Con Smythe would, would do it for him. Yeah. But. Yeah. Let's move over to the last division. I think this one has gotten the most press, obviously because hockey is Canada's sport. Um, the Canadian division, you have the Calgary flames, the Oilers, the Canadians, the Maple Leafs, the senators, Canucks and the Winnipeg jets. This is, I think this division is going to be so
1: cool. Um, it's, it's one of a kind and it's a one, it's a one year thing, but, um, This is – I like this. It's going to be awesome with the amount of battle – the Battle of Alberta, the Battle of Ontario. Um, It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, I'd say the winner of this uh, – I'm going to say it's either Toronto or Edmonton.
0: I originally had Oilers as my champion for this division. I
1: I think Edmonton in a shortened season is going to be better, say, if this was 82 games just with the the depth, but yeah, I'm going to take Toronto and Edmonton as my two. Uh, I'd say Toronto's going to win it. Edmonton will come in two and I will see Calgary at three.
0: Yeah. So my thing is, is like, obviously we had Alex Thomas on last episode and we were talking about the Oilers and how they would be missing key pieces on their blue line. Who was it? It was Oscar Clefbaum and yeah, just Oscar Clefbaum as of
1: now. He, he, he speculated that he doesn't think Adam
0: Larson will make it to the season
1: but they do have pieces piece coming. I mean, they acquired Tyson Berry. Um, they have some other uh, – they got Kyle Terrace. Um, they got Dominic Cahoon. So they did add some depth to their roster.
0: Yes, and I think for that reason, I went with either Toronto or Calgary taking the top spot in this division. But I could see it being uh, like Oilers, Flames, Maple Leafs, in any order – Hell, even the Canucks,
1: man. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean the Canucks now you have you have Demko and um, Demko and Holpi as your one two punch might be one of the best one two punches in the league. Um, you have Nate Schmidt on your back end now, which is uh, I'd say he's a number two now to Quinn Hughes. Uh, they're they're gonna be pretty good, and you still have Besser and uh, Peter uh, Pedersen. So watch out. Yeah, I'd say watch out for the Canucks.
0: Yeah, and, and one last note about the Canadian division. Cole Perfetti won't be winning the Calder because I got absolutely fucking roasted in the Jets subreddit, dude. Yeah. That was fucked up.
1: <laughs> that was one of the hottest takes I've heard in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the four divisions. It's interesting. I still think the Canadian division is gonna be my favorite. It just it's it's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, I wish fans were able to go because those Battle of Alberta games. Last year were fucking intense before the shutdown. Especially the, the whole
0: Kachuk-Cassian uh, situation. Yeah, dude. I mean, how many times did they just go at it all game?
1: Yeah. But we got we got some things to talk about with the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, the big uh, move of the summer. They acquire Alex Petrangelo and sign him to a, a huge contract. With But uh, with that happening, they did ruffle some feathers within the organization. Right now, it's been openly talked about that their team is looking to shop Max Pacioretty, Jonathan Marchso, and Mark Andre Fleury. And going back to the bubble, um, Alan Walsh, Mark Andre, uh, Mark Andre Fleury's agent, put a picture up of a knife being, th- like a sword, being stabbed through the back of Mark Andre Fleury. So it doesn't seem like things are uh, too hot right now or too good in the dressing room for the Knights. What do you think, Bud?
0: I think I think a couple months ago, the Vegas Golden Knights were saying that they were going to run with Leonard and Fleury as a one-two punch. And, I mean, if they wanted to be competitive this season, which I think they will be, they should keep Marc-Andre Fleury for the season and then see what they can do in the offseason. But if you do that, he could get picked up by Seattle. Imagine that. he get picked up by Vegas in the first expansion, then you go to Seattle, but uh, – I'm not I'm not really high on Max Pacioretty anymore. Like I'm really not.
1: Yeah. I wonder who like if he for his market, um, who would who would be in the market for him? I mean, you, you go back to the uh, like the Mike Hoffman situation. He is very similar in the sense of Mike Hoffman, you know, 30 goal score, left-handed shot, left wing. Could we see like can Dashville be in play here for a trade? Could Boston I mean, I don't know who at Boston would have to give up to get him, but I could never see him as a Bruin, but it just seems like that could be a place for him to go.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Boston. Especially I, I, if
1: they're if they're down
0: uh, Martian and Posternock for
1: the first month, the Bruins want to try to be competitive. I think this might be a, a move.
0: So with Max ready, he's carrying a 7-mil cap hit for the next three years. I don't think that the Bruins could be able to take on his money. Unless they decide to let Krejci go next season, I think that's in. I think that's in play. I don't. I think they're. Um, I think
1: this is the last year you'll see David Krejci and Tuka, Rask's at, Tuka Rask. Tukarask as Bruins.
0: I know it's pretty unfortunate because the Bruins they're starting to kind of that the window's closed. The window. This is the last year of the window. Yeah. Because their core the core is leaving. Core is leaving. Yep. I mean, how old is Bergeron? I think he's like 35 now. 35. Yeah, that 03 draft. They're all turning about 35. Some are turning
1: 36. Uh, and then we don't need Chara's pretty much I don't even know.
0: 47 jaromir Yager status.
1: Yeah. But uh Jonathan Marches, so he's interesting. Yeah, I think I, a lot of teams would want
0: him. They should. He's 29 years old. He's carrying five mil for the next four years and he's a good player he yeah he's a really good player i think he's slept on by most teams you know who i'd love to see acquire him the minnesota wild that would be a good destination for him
1: i would i would love to see him in that new reverse retro uh as for flower i don't know where i see flower going if he gets traded um Teams that like, can afford him and need a goalie, who, who, who comes off, uh, off the top of your head? Who are you thinking?
0: Goalie, honestly, I know they don't have the money right now, but Colorado. Colorado would be a good
1: one. I wonder if it's maybe like a um, – it would be tough for them to do it, but a possible trade deadline uh, trade rather than him being traded before the season starts. Another team, I don't know why, but they just thought – they came to my head, Carolina
0: Hurricanes. Right. I mean, shit, we were just talking about it. Yeah. That's a good –
1: I could see him. I would like to see him as Hurricane. I feel like he'd be pretty good there. And he'd be, like, the number one, and he would make their team much better in the back – and between the pipes, which they desperately needed for their playoff run last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm thinking of other teams. The Rangers, no. They're good. Nope. Um, yeah, honestly, it, it'd probably be like one of those couple of teams. But speaking of goalies, we'll stay on goalies. Bobby Lou, also known as Roberto Luongo, also known as Strombone1 on Twitter, if you guys didn't know that, he will be the head of goalie development for the Florida Panthers. And this is huge.
1: Yep, I think this is key for uh, right now, especially for Sergei Bobrovsky, but I think even more importantly, it's huge for a guy like Spencer Knight, who's at Boston College right now, uh, who they took in the first round uh, last year. This kid's supposed to be the real deal, and my guess is in the near future, we'll, we'll see a, a Sergei Bobrovsky buyout, and Spencer Knight will be the, the next goalie for the Knights – or, sorry, Spencer Knight will be the next goalie for the Florida Panthers, and I think Luongo would be a uh, – very good mentor for someone like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. If we had Casey on this week, I'd honestly let him take the reins on this, uh, on this topic, because I know Casey's talked about that goalies really don't come prepared until they're like, what, 25? Yeah, it takes,
1: I mean, most goalies do about two years, two to three years in the minors just to get into the NHL. And it probably takes about another year or two just to get their, them ready. Uh, It also depends on what's the situation of the team who is the other goalie you're, you're working with when you come up I think those all are in play so I would love to see uh I would love to see him uh, especially Luongo, help someone like Bobrovsky now Bobrovsky really didn't have a great season for the contract or he signed with the Panthers and I think when they when they acquired him they thought that oh my god we just solved all our issues because they could score goals but they're allowed way too many goals and they the i think the key was hey let's get an elite goalie and see what happens and i think they really ended up at the same the same way they did the year prior so it wasn't a good year for bob but hopefully this will help the team going forward especially uh in that
0: yeah buddy that 10 mil contract is looking uh (laughs) not great but um for all the goalie fans out there the goalie listeners uh who has been your favorite goalie of the last decade? I know who mine is. Who is it? My favorite
1: goalie of the last 10 years, I would have to go with, um, I've always been a big fan of um, Price.
0: Good one. That's a good one. You want to know mine?
1: Uh, let me take a guess. Go for it. Um,
0: John Gibson. That's a good one. I do like Gibson, but I'm actually going off the board here. Anti Niemi. I wonder why. I don't. I, I... <laughs> but yeah, um, good for the Panthers. Good for Bob. Good for Spencer Knight. Um, I could, I could probably take a guess that Casey's was like Timmy Thomas. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find um,
1: out. Uh, but. Moving on to, uh, sk- I believe this is only going to be for skaters. I don't think it'd be for goaltending, but the NHL is considering selling ads on helmets.
0: What do you think about that? Honestly, from a business standpoint, it's a solid way to generate revenue. I mean, yeah. we used to see that shit all the time. I mean, you still see it in European leagues, but remember uh, in the World Juniors?
1: Yeah, I'd like the pants to have some sort of um, ad on it. I feel like that'd be kind of cool or like just yeah. like it I, I i really like the european jerseys i don't think like the advertising on it takes away anything some some of the coolest jerseys man in the like in the in the world are in those european leagues so i i do i it the nhl is a business and they're trying to make as much money as they can so i totally understand this i wonder if this could come into effect for this upcoming season i know owners are desperately trying to make as much money as they can obviously fans not in the building they're losing a shit ton of money especially in concessions and just general admission and parking and all that all that shit so i i think it would be a good thing for the nhl and hopefully if they see something they like with how much money they're making this is a thing going forward and teams start generating a shitload more money once uh, we get fans back in the building going forward
0: do you think they're gonna be like pretty selective with who they uh put ads on
1: yeah, I think too, it's, there'll be a lot of uh, companies already that the NHL have sponsorships with like Adidas will probably have a, an ad on some teams, New Amsterdam Vodka, which is the official vodka. Of the NHL will probably have an ad. Um, what's it called? The um, Bridgestone, uh, not Bridgestone, um, what the, what, I think it's Bridgestone, the tire Bridgestone. company. Yeah. Bridgestone will probably have some sort of partnership with that. Those are just. Very, it seems like they've been uh, sponsors or of the league for so long that they'll probably be the first ones to get like offers. It also depends on how much they're going to pay the NHL for the advertising as well.
0: I feel like the NHL is going to charge quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I I I can only imagine how much it is for a game. For I think it depends too on like I wonder if the teams have any say. So like guys like the Bruins, are they? all gonna wear the same thing or are they gonna each player gonna wear something different you know what i mean
0: yeah like so the difference is like oh canadian teams want to have tim hortons but oh, the yeah. north the, the eastern teams want to have duncan's or even boston alone wants to have like cumbies on there.
1: dunkin like, donuts um let's see uh Yeah. I mean, think about the American sponsors for the NHL compared to the Canadian ones, you know, like Bell Tire, um, Tim Hortons, um, uh, CBC, uh, uh, Rogers, all these different um, advertisers. So it'd be interesting, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope they do a good job with it if they do it. But I think too, um, at the end of the day, it's just making a buck. So it's a business, make as much money as you can.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, reach out and see we can slap a one through one podcast ad on something. Just kidding. We don't make any fucking money from this shit. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, it's a solid creative way. I'm actually for it. I would like to see that, but let's move on to, to a signing pretty interesting and he actually had a decent playoff run this year Philip Myers signing a three-year contract with the Flyers 2.55 AAV good signing um I think they see him in the future
1: long term on their back end I think a guy like Shane Gossespierre might be on his way out sooner rather than later so I think it's a good thing that you have him sign long term and you also have Ivan Provorov your anchor sign long term I think the next one to get his contract on the on the back end will be Travis Sanheim, but I really like this contract by the Flyers, and I hope that the Edmonton Oilers use this contract to try to get Ethan Bear signed to this length and this dollar value.
0: Yeah, dude. The other day I was watching all the overtime goals from the playoffs this last year. Yeah, and dude, he had some snipes. He had some dude, snipes. <laughs> yeah, and then also Provorov. Like I didn't realize just how. Because I didn't really watch the Flyers all that much because I wasn't interested in that series, but Provorov, man, yeah, so nasty. Who's the guy that scored a bunch of sick goals uh, as a forward
1: for the Flyers? He's the left. with Scott Lawton.
0: Yeah, Scott Lawton had
1: a bunch of goals. Yeah, Scott Lawton had a bunch of goals this playoff. So, I mean, man, they can make a run. And yeah, Provorov's the anchor. I see that guy winning the Norris in the next five years.
0: Oh, for sure, dude. And then Scott Law, and he kind of reminds me of a Brian Bickle, Makes his yeah. makes his contract money after dominating off season.
1: Yep, hundred um, percent.
0: But yeah, at the end of the day, great great signing by um
1: by um. Hold on, give me a second. You can cut this. Uh, by um Philly Ch- Chuck Fish, uh Chuck uh Chuck Fletcher, the GM of the Flyers. So. They uh, they look like their team's good in the now, and their team's going to be good for the next five to seven years. I like where the Flyers are at and where they're going.
0: Yeah, same here. I think we both already agree that they could definitely be the uh, division champ for the, the shortened season. But yep. let's talk about this Canadian World Junior team, because this, man, probably the the greatest team ever constructed.
1: I would say the 05 team that had Crosby and all of them on it, like Bergeron, Richards, Getzloff, Perry, Seabrook. I think that might be the best team in t- Team Canada history, but this team's fucking loaded. I mean, just looking at the guys that are returning that won a gold medal with the team last year, guys like Dylan Cousins, Kirby Doc, Connor McMichael, Bowen Byram, Quentin Byfield, all are coming back, and you still have elite studs that are making their uh, their first uh, first years with Team Canada in Canada. I think at the end of the day, it's gold or bust. There's no in-between.
0: Yeah, you either – yeah. I I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, One guy I am looking forward to, and I did say his name back when we did our draft analysis, Connor Jari. He's the extra skater on this team, but I think he could have somewhat of an impact if someone gets hurt. Um, Yeah, 100%. Hopefully no one gets
1: hurt, but – i mean look at akil thomas extra guy scores the winning goal against russia i mean their their extra guy would be a top player on every uh, any other team on this in this tournament so i know we've seen some issues um with team sweden they're having they're having issues getting players over due to the covid the covid outbreak in sweden there's possibilities that they're gonna be without some some coaches off the swedish team so I think Sweden, in my opinion, is probably the top two or top three best teams coming into the tournament. So this makes Canada's uh, path a little bit easier. But this, man, this Canada team's insane. I can't wait to see what uh, what Doc does after playing 50-plus 50, 50 regular season games in NHL and playoff hockey. Hopefully the Blackhawks don't pull him. That's, I think that's another thing we have to keep in mind here. And honestly, if they do lose Doc, I don't think it's that big of a deal to the roster.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, man. And we we know that Sweden is having problems of their own. Um, we had trav Oilers on. We actually recorded with him, but we didn't post his episode because of audio issues. But we do know that he was over in Sweden, and now they're locked down. You know, there's no hockey for at least 30 days. So, and I mean, he's back in Vancouver. So, yeah, like you said, they're having issues over in Sweden getting everyone uh, to North America. So
1: transitioning over to college hockey, I think there's uh, two things that caught my eye this week. This uh, Michigan forward, um, Kent Johnson. Jesus Christ, scoring a cane-like goal uh, over the during the week. Uh, that little backhander from the right, the right side of the ice, right under the crossbar. Left-handed shot. Jesus, uh, this kid. This kid looks like a playmaker, and he looks like he's going to be a first-round pick in this upcoming draft.
0: Yeah, dude. I, I watched that highlight before we, we hopped on. Um, dude, that, that was, that was filthy. That, that kid's got some hands, but I just want to talk about college hockey as a whole. Like they're getting a lot of attention lately, you know, college hockey, college hockey usually doesn't in my opinion.
1: Uh, yeah. I think too, it, it just goes back to, um, just now with everything that's going on. Um, that college hockey is getting more, I think TV exposure just because there's no NHL hockey being watched right now. Uh, but going back to Ken Johnson right now and uh, most uh, mock drafts for the 2021 draft, he's a top five pick. So
0: is it his teammate, the number one,
1: his team uh, right now, the projected number one pick. Yes. Is uh power, power the defenseman. Uh, so that's crazy. You have two, Michigan has two players that are going to be possible two, top five draft picks yet. Michigan isn't even one of the best teams in the country right now.
0: Yeah, they're, according to college hockey news, they're 5-5. and Minnesota is actually 8-0 and in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's crazy when you have two guys that
1: are possible top five draft picks in a, a draft year, yet they're not even 500 in one of the better teams in the country. It just shows how deep some teams are in college hockey. Two teams that come to mind is Boston College has been awesome. And they're without one of their best players and Alex Newhook, who's over in the Canada um, Canada bubble. Um, another team uh, is North Dakota. Those uh, Boston College and North Dakota, I uh, believe North Dakota is number one. BC is number two. And another team to keep an eye on, they're without one of their top players, too, Dylan Holloway, is Wisconsin. But they still have uh, Cole Caulfield, who's been a stud. Yeah, dude,
0: I think college hockey is like – they're getting all the good, like the the good players who are like not hitting their teams early. Like Mm -hmm. those guys who are in first round, but they're on like 10, they're pick 10 and over. Like they're all going to college. Like I don't think a lot of them are dropping back down to the Canadian hockey league.
1: Yeah. Especially where we live now in Massachusetts, there's so many good teams between the teams in the city. You have UMass Amherst, Providence, UNH, UMaine. It's just a, around this area, it's a factory and uh, it's, it's crazy how much the game's grown, especially in college hockey and the guys now in the league that are uh, making such an impact on the teams that played college
0: hockey. Do you think – okay, let's drop down to high school hockey. Do you think that the the top team in Massachusetts could beat the top team in Minnesota?
1: I don't because I don't think anyone can keep up with Shattuck, unfortunately. They're just too good. Um, or Adina. Uh, any of those teams. I mean, you, you look when um, – when Team Massachusetts goes out to that tournament and plays Team Minnesota, they get absolutely destroyed every year. And they could just attest to the the skill and development of Minnesota hockey. And I mean, high school hockey in Minnesota is a whole different animal. It's it trumps the the wild there, and and Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth. So I think that tells you everything about what high school hockey means to the state of Minnesota.
0: Yeah, uh, if you're, would you have rather played four years of high school hockey or played like? OHLs like just pure like experience not like considering like draft or anything uh probably four
1: years of high school hockey so i could uh put myself in the best situation to actually score goals and get points where in the OHL i'd probably get i'd probably be sitting up in the uh, press box eating hot dogs <laughs> and popcorn
0: yeah but you could wear a halfie
1: yeah it's not enticing <laughs> and <enough>. fight <laughs> that's not enticing enough
0: yeah Yeah, man. High school hockey was great. I'm just washed up. What do I know? But yeah, man, that, uh, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Uh, that's all we really had to talk about any, uh, last,
1: um, not, nothing really. Um, I think as, uh, as the weeks go on, as we get closer to the startup on January 13th, I think, uh, We'll be doing stuff with the um, the World Juniors in the next few weeks. I know that's coming up. Set start on Christmas Day, so a lot of a lot of good hockey's coming on the horizon, especially with Juniors and the and the Pros. But don't sleep on college hockey. There's plenty of it to be watched on TV. So, for the time being, I'm keeping an eye on that and taking some notes and seeing guys that are they're coming up for their drafts and some guys we'll see uh, on the USA team uh, for the World Junior.
0: Yeah, man, I agree with you. Going to keep an eye out on that. I'm back in the United States, so I'm super happy about that. Um, so yeah, I'll be able to watch some more games. And yeah, we'll just keep putting out solid content. Next week, we'll have Casey back on. Uh, doesn't feel doesn't feel uh, too good without the trio on. So, and then uh, hopefully we'll get some more guests on. Um, trying to get some more people. Uh, whether that's NHL media're we're, we're trying to do a variety. We don't want to stick to one certain area. and then obviously, I know I keep talking about the merch, but that should be uh, coming out soon.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for the merch, Eric. you gotta put that order in soon
0: there, pal. <laughs> I know I I've just been super busy, but yeah, man, I don't have anything else and if that's if that's the same with you, um, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening, guys, appreciate it.